Welcome back to Long Covid Doctor, an educational series for sufferers of Long Covid. This is the second part on, on POTS and Long Covid. In part one, I talked about the symptoms, diagnosis and investigations for POTS. Uh, in part two, this part, I will talk about the treatments, management and outcomes. References, links, resources are in the show notes below. Any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention uh, should be only considered after discussion with your own GP or qualified health professional. And so here we go, part two on POTS and long COVID. So how are we going to manage our patients who have POTS? So firstly, always start non-pharmacological, i.e. no drugs. Okay, so what what sort of ways can we manage without using medicines, drugs? So first thing to mention is fluid intake. The, and the, the reason behind this is to increase circulating volume. Okay, it should be basically two to three litres per day total. Um, and that is, as I say, going to increase the circulating volume, knowing that that um, part of the reason why the patients get their POTS symptoms is because of reduction um, when they stand up and pooling of blood in the pelvis and the legs. So if you increase the circulating volume, then there's going to be more blood returning to the heart. So fluid intake, two to three litres a day. Secondly, salt. Then the reason behind this is to help retain fluid. Okay, so one level teaspoon, so six grams of salt per day. Um, if that's not tolerated, some people don't like drinking salty, salty drinks, salty water. Um, you can get slow release sodium tablets prescribed. So two tablets three times a day for 30 days. But obviously care with, with patients with kidney disease, care with kids, obviously children, um, and care in patients who have raised blood pressure hypertension. The third measure is leg compression, basically long socks or preferably thigh length stockings, um, class two, um, to push fluid from the legs up into the circulation. Then there are sort of various tips and tricks you can, that, that you can, um, that you can use for pots, and that is, you know, eat small meals. Why? Because there's going to be less blood in the, in the gut circulation. So therefore more blood in the circulation. Therefore less chance of POTS symptoms. Moderation in alcohol intake. Why? Because alcohol, as we know, is a vasodilator. It opens blood vessels, which then reduces blood pressure, which then causes the heart to um, accelerate to compensate for that low blood pressure. And then that brings about the sensation of palpitations. Moderation in caffeine intake. Why? Because caffeine is a cardiac stimulator. We know that. Again, saw that 
so often, so often, frequently in general practice over the years when patients come to me saying, I've got palpitations, I've got something wrong with my heart. I said, I would ask them, you know, how many coffees do you drink? Oh, 10 a day. Oh, wow. why don't you stop and see where those palpitations go away? And they did. Um, and a few other tips and tricks. Um, seated or lying exercise, rowing, recumbent swimming, um, recumbent cycling, swimming, you know, as long as, you know, the long COVID fatigue isn't too extreme. Um, the reason behind this is to try and build up the calf muscle pump to push blood back uphill, back towards the heart. Um, cross legs, this is a bit strange one, crossing your legs and squeezing your buttocks or pumping your carbs before standing up. What's the logic behind that? Well, basically, all that crossing legs, squeezing and pumping will push the blood back into the circulation, push it back up out of the legs and up into the circulation. Makes sense. So that's the non-pharmacological, non-drug management of POTS. What about the pharmacological? Let's get on to the drugs. Okay, well, the first line drug for POTS is bisoprolol. It's a beta blocker. Some advocate propranolol um, or metoprolol, but majority of, of people, cardiologists, recommend bisoprolol. Um, by beta blockers, you know, beware the contraindications. So patients with brittle asthma are a bit cautious about giving a beta blocker. But also the other thing about beta blockers, it can cause some people to feel fatigue and give them heavy legs, which of course is not good in someone who's already got fatigue because of their long COVID. The dose, usually start low, go slow, 1.25 milligrams. That's the lowest you can get, really, once daily. According to the response, maybe that's enough. Or maybe maybe you need to increase it slowly. Um, majority of patients probably need 2.5 milligrams once or twice a day. Uh, you can go, go, go higher, but obviously with careful monitoring. If bisoprolol is not tolerated or it's contraindicated or it's ineffective after four to six weeks trial, then the next drug for POTS is a drug called Evabridine, 2.5 to 5 milligrams twice daily. It is a selective sinus node inhibitor, if you really want to know. It slows the heart without reducing blood pressure. Okay. Prescribing it for POTS is, strictly speaking, off-label. Um, so you may choose to seek advice from cardiology um, in order to get it prescribed. Other drugs in POTS, it's probably a bit historical, and these are ancient drugs, clonidine and pyridostigmine. I've never seen them used, but they're, they're in the books. So that's POTS treatment done. Okay, um, now it's on to the treatment for orthostatic hypotension. Remember what I mean by that? Drop of blood pressure when standing prolonged after 10 minutes, you know, your blood pressure drops down. Okay. And remember, it can happen at the same time uh, as having POTS, or it can happen on its own. But the treatment for it is initially, first line is fludro 
cortisone. Um, I used to use quite a lot of this or prescribe it quite frequently in general practice for those patients with these elderly patients for with postural hypotension. Um, it's a fluid expander, um, but beware of fluid retention and also raising the serum potassium level. So that's fludrocortisone. The other drug is midodrin, midodrin, which is an alpha agonist. Okay, it causes vasoconstriction, so narrowing of the blood vessels, and hence it pushes more blood, venous return, up into the heart. So those are the two drugs for orthostatic hypotension. My experience is that the majority of patients respond well to bisoprolol. And, you know, this is, this is, as I've said before, it's a beta blocker that we're all really familiar with. Um, this class of drugs has been around since the early sixties. Um, bisoprolol is newer and it's better than the original propranolol, um, because it's more cardioselective. It's more cardioselective than atenolol, according to the books. Um, therefore, more specific for heart and therefore less side effects. And so for these reasons, we feel more safe prescribing it in POTS. Uh, most GPs are not as familiar with evabridine, and for this reason, and very reasonably, they ask for a cardiological opinion before prescribing it. I would, if I was in general practice and prescri asked to prescribe it, I think I'd want a cardiologist to give me the go-ahead. So what else can we do to help um, the recovery from POTS and dysautonomia and long COVID? Uh, I think we must take into account the whole person, the holistic view. We need to think about nutrition and sleep and mind-body strategies. So nutrition, I've talked about the mixed balanced diet, the Mediterranean diet, supplemented by fish oils, omega-3 fish oils and vitamin D. Um, I've talked about sleep support, I touched on this earlier, uh, and mind-body strategies, uh, mindfulness. Everyone's talking about mindfulness these days. Everyone's doing mindfulness. You know, it's all to do with, as they say, living in the moment. Being, a prayer, uh, being aware of the present. And yoga as another strategy, another mind-body strategy for focus, for breath work, and musculoskeletal reconditioning. Both of these strategies have benefits, um, backed up by lots of research studies. And so besides all that advice, and all those recommendations, there are a few sort of resources that are helpful, specifically for POTS, but also for long COVID in general. And I've listed those in the show notes below. And so there we are, the treatments and managements of POTS and dysautonomia, both specifically um, as well as generally. And so finally, what about the expected outcomes? I said I'd talk about that on the time course. These are the questions that patients frequently ask and understandably. What are the outcomes? 
the patients on cardiac drugs, they want to know if, if that's forever. That, that, those, those medications are permanent. Um, uh, they also want to know how long it will take to get better generally. But the answer is, regrettably, um, it's not easy and it's unpredictable. We just don't know. Um, it's made, made more difficult with not knowing um, the, how to treat the underlying cause of long COVID, um, those damaged nerve fibre tissues and the brainstem nuclei. There's no direct treatment for that. So, unfortunately, it is just a matter of waiting for natural healing to happen, for the processes to take place to bring about recovery, natural healing recovery. And there are many of these that happen naturally. So nerve fibre repair and regrowth. Nerve fibres do reconnect the process of neuroplasticity. The clearance of microthrombi, the mini clots. So once they're cleared, uh, the natural clearance does happen and recanalization of blood vessels occurs. So opening up of blood vessels, dissolving of the clots and opening of the blood vessels happens naturally, as well as neovascularization. That's the creation of new blood vessels around bypassing any blockages. Okay. And then this rebalancing of the autonomic nervous system pathways. You know, those pathways between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and the enteric and the limbic system and the HPA, you know, all those systems, when they're functioning normally, are all integrated as a sort of clever network of, of fibers and connections linking in with the neuroendocrine system. It's all really complex and really clever. But in the long COVID situation, um, there's imbalance and they're not working in harmony with time and the dampening down of inflammation and the resolving of all the sort of the immune dysregulation. The autonomic nervous system has a chance to rebalance itself. And all the pathways begin to, you know, play together like a like a orchestra. Bit of a cliche, but like an orchestra. And what about the time course? Unfortunately, that is pretty impossible to predict. Okay, you know, I've been doing long COVID now for three years. Um, year one. We were saying to our patients, well, it's going to take 12 to 18 months because this is what mm, the collective wisdom was. It's all going to be all over in 12 to 18 months. But here we are three years later. New cases are still appearing, tragically. And so the time course, well, it's unpredictable. I mean, time, um, you know, we've got to hold on to the fact that improvement will occur and natural recovery from long COVID, we're seeing it, okay, you know, all that rebalancing I was talking about of all those systems, the inflammatory, immune, endocrine, will take place along with the normal natural tissue and 
and cellular repair. But above all, you know, thinking time frame, above all, we've got to, if you like, give it time um, for those natural processes to work. Along with that, goes hand in hand, is we need to accept that it's happened. We've got long COVID, um, not going to give up, but we've got to accept it, not fight it. Um, give it time. So there we are. Um, that concludes the second part of my talk on POTS and long COVID, following on from the first part earlier. So I hope you found that helpful. Um, as I mentioned at the start, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after discussion with your GP or qualified health professional. So in the meantime, I wish you well. I wish you well with your long COVID recovery. Cheerio. All the best. <laughs>